This is Backstory. I'm Brian Ballow. And I'm Ed Ayers. Today on the show, we're celebrating the grand finale of the World Cup with a look back at the history of the United States competing on the world stage. We're going to turn now to one of the most iconic images from that history. It's from the Summer Olympics of 1968, held in Mexico City. American runners Tommy Smith and John Carlos had just won the gold and bronze medals in the 200-meter race. As they stood on the victory stand and received their medals, they bowed their heads and each held one of their fists sheathed in a black glove up to the sky in what would at the time have been recognized as a symbol for black power. It was a moment of silent but powerful protest. And Tommy, can you tell us the significance of the black glove on the right hand and the black socks that you've been wearing? Black glove represents black America and so does the black socks. I'm proud to be a black man and uh, all my people back home (laughs) know that uh, it's very significant. The symbolism didn't stop there. Smith and Carlos came to the victory stand shoeless to represent the poverty afflicting black people in America. Smith wore a black scarf to represent black pride, and Carlos unzipped his tracksuit, revealing a necklace of beads that memorialized victims of lynching. And both men, as well as the white medalists from Australia, wore buttons for an organization called the Olympic Project for Human Rights. The organization had formed the previous fall, and they had originally favored an Olympic boycott by athletes. Their demands were that South Africa and Rhodesia be uninvited from the Games, that the heavyweight title that had been stripped from Muhammad Ali for refusing military service be restored, that the longtime president of the International Olympic Committee step down, and that more African Americans be hired as assistant coaches. Harry Edwards had been a scholarship athlete with Tommy Smith at San Jose State. Edwards returned there to teach in 1968 and spearheaded the Olympic Project for Human Rights. I sat down with Edwards recently and asked him about Smith and Carlos's famous act of protest on the victory stand. Well, the immediate results was uh, tremendous uh, booing, catcalls. There were a lot of uh, United States citizens at the games in Mexico City and easily accessible uh, uh, Olympic Games, and they took tremendous exception at the gesture by Tommy Smith and John Carlos. They were uh, banned from the Olympic Village and then uh, shipped out of Mexico a day and a half later by the uh, United States Olympic Committee. Once they got here, Uh, The death threats and so forth began to roll in. I mean, it's very, very difficult to understand the kind of courage that it took for these two men to do what they did. And there was even some confusion in the African-American community about the appropriateness and so forth of what they did. Many African-Americans assumed that sport was this citadel of interracial harmony and brotherhood. And so when Smith and Carlos began to demonstrate and to protest, not just what was going on uh, in society, but in sport itself, many black Americans did not understand. Of course, over the years, uh, as more and more discussion and so forth came on about how black athletes were often used and exploited to project and present one image while black people in this country were uh, living another type of experience, more and more black people came to understand that not only uh, was the gesture that Smith and Carlos uh, did from the Olympic podium appropriate, It was absolutely necessary. 
I'm curious to know whether what Smith and Carlos did in 68 differed in any way from what other athletes had done before them. I think we have to understand that every generation of athletes protest within the context of their circumstances. At the turn of the 20th century, uh, African-American athletes received virtually no coverage, much less adulation and applause uh, for their athletic prowess in this country. Uh, They were in a constant struggle for legitimacy. And so it was the international arena uh, that this legitimacy typically was demonstrated. And that was a profound form of protest, whether it was Jesse Owens winning four gold medals in the 36 Olympics, Joe Lewis winning the heavyweight championship. In the immediate post-World War II era, the struggle was for access, fighting for desegregation, uh, becoming involved in a struggle for access. And of course, you saw Jackie Robinson uh, at the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers being really the face of that struggle for access. By the 1960s, the struggle was for dignity and respect and equity of outcomes uh, beyond the sports arena. So every generation's struggle is different, and it's within the context of uh, the circumstances that they are confronted with. You know, there are prominent athletes today who say, we shouldn't be mixing sports and political protests, and we definitely shouldn't be mixing them in huge venues like the World Cup or the Olympics. In light of your own history, what would you say to those people? We thought the Olympics were a um, not just an appropriate but a preferable form because it is the second most political form outside of the United Nations itself in the international arena. Uh, also, uh, the Olympics had long been political, Uh, not just going back to the Nazi Olympics of 1936, but going back to the racial Olympics uh, in St. Louis in 1904, where there was an effort to demonstrate white superiority over the non-white peoples of the world by literally cataloging scientifically the outcomes of races and so forth involving whites who competed against non-white peoples. So the games have long been political. George Foreman, who was the heavyweight boxing champion of the 1968 Olympics, walked around the ring waving an American flag, which was a totally political gesture. No one in the uh, United States Olympic Committee or in the International Olympic Movement uh, accused him of engaging in politics when it was crystal clear that that gesture was in response to Smith and Carlos. So celebratory politics is just fine. It's only the oppositional politics that draws the kind of attention and criticism that Smith and Carlos did. Absolutely. I mean, this notion that uh, somebody told me, well, Dr. Edwards, I understand uh, what you were trying to do, but we shouldn't expose our dirty laundry to the world. Well, every time someone was lynched, uh, it was on the front pages of newspapers all over the world. When Dr. King was shot, it was on the front pages of newspapers all over the world. That was airing our dirty laundry. Uh, And we weren't protesting America. We were protesting racism and discrimination in America and demonstrating that we have the freedom and the right 
to protest far right, which is what America was supposed to be about. They should have been proud to have that on the front pages of newspapers around the world, as opposed to the deaths of three civil rights workers trying to register black people to vote in Mississippi, or the uh, uh, pictures of a church that had been bombed where four little black girls were killed uh, while they were praying. They should have been proud to have Smith and Carlos on the front pages instead of that. That was the airing of our dirty laundry as a nation and as a society. Uh, what's your bad self? Say it loud. Harry Edwards is an emeritus professor of sociology at the University of California, Berkeley. He's a consultant for the San Francisco 49ers, and he's written numerous books about African-American athletes, including The Revolt of the Black Athlete. 